One day. <laughs> Amen. All right. I want to speak to you about God has spoken. God has spoken. And uh, we're going to just uh, read from the, uh, the epistle of, uh, I believe, Paul to the Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1. And I'd like to uh, s- share a few words with you today. Um, and I'll be speaking about this in the next few weeks as well, just God has spoken. And we have so much that God has said. And we only live in a very small portion of it. And so we're going to ask God just to open our hearts and minds. But I want us to look at some Old Testament stuff today. Old Testament is good. It tells you what God did in the past, but uh, also shows us what the expectation was in those days. Amen? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God at Sunday times. This is my favorite book. I love the book of Hebrews. And the epistle, it's, it's, a, it's a, an epistle written to the Jewish people. And um, uh, I, I just, I love the language. God, who at sundry times in diverse manners, spake unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us through his Son, whom he has made heir of all things, and through whom he created the worlds. Isn't that amazing? Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the Father. The job is done. Wow. <laughs> I love the language. It's so rich and it's so pure. So God has spoken. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake by the prophets. When God speaks, the nations of the world should listen. If the nations of the world just listened to what God has said in this wonderful book, there would be no war, no sickness, no Ukraine crisis. Amen? There would be none of the issues that we see happening today would be happening if men and women would live by this word. But they have rejected God's word. And this is the crisis that we have in the world. We don't have a crisis that people can't hear. They don't want to hear. They don't want to listen to what the God of heaven has said about creation and about everything else. And so God has spoken by the prophets. They don't want to listen. Twitter and Elon Musk get the ears of millions first thing in the morning. Believe me. And what about TikTok? Not to mention TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> first thing when the kids wake up, TikTok. <laughs> Let's see what somebody is saying. Sadly, the world is mesmerized by, the, by self-talk and is on a path to self-destruction. Having rejected the revelation from God as described in Romans chapter 1. And the world is on, the, on, its, on its way 
to self-destruction. God doesn't even have to do much to bring the destruction. Men and women are bringing destruction to themselves. It's because they've rejected the wonderful word of God. And so I want to just challenge you this morning just to think very clearly about this. What God has said about you is great. Believe it. Receive it. Work it out in your life. And your life will be a success. This is the wonderful gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. But those that don't want to believe will suffer the consequences of not believing. It's very sad. It's very sad. As believers, we see a world just crumbling and falling into a desperate state. And as much as we try and speak, they don't want to hear. And so our task is huge. Our task is massive to get the world to listen to the voice of God again. We have a task, each and every one of us, friends. Listen to me. God has given you a revelation of himself through Jesus. So much depends on us as never before. Just a small handful of people, really, when we consider the population of England. But so much depends on us for such a time as this. And some people just, um, just don't get it. They just don't get how serious the issue is in the world today. Having once known God, Romans says, they turned their backs on him and God gave them over to a corrupt mind. He just gave them over. He said, if you don't want to listen to me, your corrupt mind will take you to a place that you will regret for the rest of eternity. And that is sad, isn't it? For the rest of eternity. Serving the creature more than the creator. And so, God has spoken. Hebrews chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 1 to 3, powerfully describes what he did. And um, we believe and we know that Jesus is the wonderful word of God. He's the word that was, was brought through the voice of the prophets. And God used the, the voice and of, of, of Jesus in the beginning when he spoke the world into being. He says the worlds were created by him. They were created uh, through Jesus. All things were created. He's the wonderful Logos, the word of God. There was a recreation that took place. The world was in chaos. And God started again and recreated as he spoke into the world again through Jesus. He said, let there be light. Let there be a firmament. Brought humanity into existence. Spoken through the prophets. God has spoken through the prophets. And I'm going to share a bit about that today. He has spoken through Jesus. And, he has, and Jesus has paid the, 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 the price of redemption as we read that today. He paid the price for sin so that men and women could come back to him. And Jesus then eventually sat down and said, the job is done. If men believe, they can have all things that God provides through the scriptures and through the New Testament and the Old Testament as well. The complete scripture is there for us to live a wonderful life in the Lord.
God spoke through the prophets. And uh, as I was saying, the Logos, who is Jesus, is the one that uttered, even through the prophets, I believe. And uh, Jeremiah uh, uses the term, the word of the Lord, 181 times. It is Isaiah uses 45 times the words, the word of the Lord came. Ezekiel, 79 times. The minor prophets, 76 times. The rest of the Bible, 866 times. The scriptures declare that the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord spoke. And so God is a God that speaks. And he speaks to us today. He speaks to us today. Listen to me. He speaks to us today. People say, well, uh, if, if, if we read the Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1, God in so many times in diverse men has spake unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken. It seems like there's no more speaking, but that's not the truth. In, in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, we read that uh, Jesus said, the, the Holy Spirit will come and he will guide you into all truth. And uh, he will speak of me. He will testify of me. He will reveal events to come. He will glorify me. He will glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit still speaks. God still speaks through the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it's, it's the, uh, the Logos, the wonderful Logos through the Holy Ghost that comes to us and shares the, the, the life of God with us as the children of God. And so we are not without a word. We are not without the voice of God. And that is what we need to learn to nurture in the world that we are living in, friends. To hear the voice of God. To hear the, 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 the whispers of Jesus in our hearts. So essential to make your life a glorious life on this planet. You cannot just live. Just live. By just reading, closing the book, and, and going on your daily whatever. We have to hear that wonderful voice as God speaks to us, gives us direction. As he spoke to our sister, <laughs> he liked that in a moment. Not many words, was it? Just a few words. And there the healing comes. God still speaks. God still heals. God still touches people's lives. And that is the, the, the joy of the, the, the wonderful gospel that we uh, are, are communicating in Jesus' name. John says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Sadly, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. Yes, my boy. There we are. Yeah, you're going to sing one day, that's for sure. He came unto his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. What a pity, what a sad thing, that his own people didn't see him in, in all his glory. The revelation that God gave to um, the Jewish people at that time was Jesus, the Logos in the flesh. And they beheld him, and they didn't, they didn't even receive him or recognize him. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. 
Amen. And that is still our message today. You receive Jesus. You receive the life of God and the blessing of the Lord into your life. Praise God for that. And so this wonderful epistle of the Hebrews is an epistle just to say to the Hebrew people, listen, don't go back to the Old Testament. Don't go back to living under the law because Jesus is better than Moses. He's better than the prophets. He's better than Aaron. He's better than the old covenant. He's better than everything. Better than uh, whatever they was in the Old Testament. Jesus is better. And that is the whole idea of writing this wonderful uh, epistle of Hebrews to the Hebrews. Come on, don't go back to the old. Stay in the new and develop your life in the new. And I want to say to you, friends, every day, renew yourself in the Word of God. Renew yourself through the Logos, through the Word of God, through prayer, as never before. And my heart is heavy for England today. And I'm going to share a bit of that with you a bit later. That this wonderful country, this wonderful, the islands, having had so much to give to the, to the world, to the world that was darkest Africa, has now become darker than Africa. And we don't want to say an amen because it hurts. The truth is it hurts. It cuts us deep into our hearts. But we're going to fight back. Now I want an amen. Yeah. Now I want an amen. We're going to fight back. Jesus came. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by Him. Without nothing, without Him was not anything made that was made. Oh, he came unto His own there. His own couldn't receive Him, wouldn't receive Him. But as many as receive Him, He gives power and life. John again writing, 1 John 1 verse 1. He says, that which we, we, that which we, we saw, that which we heard that which we handled that which we touched and 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 saw manifested by his life we have declared it unto you the logos of god even the word of god he says we saw him we handled him and he's real and we take the living christ to people when we take the living Christ to the UK, something will change. Something's going to change. The world can only see Jesus through us. Did you hear that? If there's no Jesus in us, living big and strong, powerful, there's nothing to demonstrate. And I'm saying to you, brethren, we're going to get to new heights in God. Come on. We're not going to just settle for church, church. We're going to settle for the things that God has promised to us. Amen. We're going to settle only for the highest and the best that God has got for us. Revelation 19, 13. Again, the Logos is mentioned. Only three times in the New Testament is the Logos mentioned. John 1 1 John 1, and then also Revelation uh, 
1913, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Logos of God, the Word of God, Jesus. Only three times is, he, is the word Logos used, but we know who he is, the eternal, wonderful Son of God. From beginning, when God spoke and created the world, the Logos was there, right to the end, when he comes through the clouds, his vesture dipped in blood, and on his thigh is the name written, the Logos, God. And he comes powerfully to bring, to bring something powerful to the world. Surely, he's going to say to the world at that time, I've come to judge you. But for us and for those saints that have gone on before, we're going to join him wonderfully in that new creation. Wonderful place that's called heaven. Amen? It's there for us. It's there for us because of the logos of the Lord. I just want to, you to listen to the voice. The voice of um, the prophets very quickly. Isaiah, 69 chapters, a wonderful uh, prophetic book, 69 chapters, two sections, 39 chapters, um, that, um, uh, the, the first section is 39 chapters, e equivalent to the 39 books of the Old Testament, because Isaiah is a mini Bible, 39 chapters, the Old is the, new, is the Old Testament, 39 chapters in Isaiah speak of the law and judgment but wonderfully there's 27 chapters in the second section and that is corresponding with the new testament comfort and salvation through jesus christ and so god spoke to through the prophets judgment but also comfort and i want you to notice something about the prophets they always bring a strong word but there's always a way out at the end of it always God never comes to us and says, you're going to hell. <laughs> but he says, there is a better place called heaven. Won't you come? Amen? Won't you join me? And that is what the prophets said. They said, this is whatever Israel was doing at the time was so uh, debauched. It was, it was wicked, following uh, ungodly gods, wicked things. But the prophets always said, if you repent, there's a better way. God has made a way for us. Listen to um, Isaiah 28:10, uh, verse, uh, verses 10 and 12. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. They would not hear what uh, Isaiah was saying. Do you know that he lived 792 years before Jesus came? Already, almost 800 years before Jesus came, the Jewish people had already turned their backs on God. And the prophets came one after the other. And I'm going to share some of that with you. One after the other. Please come back. Turn your back. On, on wickedness, come to God, serve God with all your heart, but there's always a way out if you will hear the voice of the, of the, of the word of God. And so 
uh, uh, Isaiah was just saying, here a little, there a little, the prophets brought the wonderful revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that would finally bring comfort and blessing to the world. Under the law, listen to the prophet Isaiah as he laments. Isaiah 64 verse 6. But we are all like an unclean thing, and our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Our iniquities have taken us away. The prophet says, all of us, our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Even the prophet identified with that. There had to be another way, and that was through Messiah. That he would be able to take a man and change his life forever. That is the glorious message of the New Testament, of the New Covenant. And so there was a little revealed here, there, and everywhere. And uh, the intervention of God was needed. Isaiah, in Isaiah 1, verses 2 and 3, and I just want to bring something to you. In each of the, the, the prophetic words, there's always the identification of what is wrong, but there's always the way out. Listen to this. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. The Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. They do not know their God. The donkey knows where it, where it sleeps at night. The ox knows where it goes. But my people don't know their God. And that is the sadness of the message of the Old Testament through the prophets. The people don't know their God. Moses said the same thing in Deuteronomy 32. You can read that. That's the song of Moses. It's the last song and the last sermon that he preaches. And he, in the opening statements, says the people don't know their God. They, they, the donkey knows where he goes. The ox knows where he goes. But the people of God have lost their way. How sad it was that this was the testimony under the old covenant. God called for a fast. The people mocked and ate and drank. This is what Isaiah says, Isaiah 22, 12 to 13. And in that day, the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and for mourning, for boldness and for girding with sackcloth, but instead joy and gladness, slaying oxen and killing sheep, eating meat and drinking wine. And you know what they said? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. I always thought Shakespeare said that. But it was Isaiah. <laughs> Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. This was the attitude. And it's, it is still an attitude in the world today. Let's just eat and drink, for tomorrow doesn't, who cares, so what? How sad it is that uh, the prophet would say that. But God called for a fast, a humbling of the people's hearts. Humbling of the heart is a very powerful attitude. I'm going to share a little about that a bit later. Isaiah 22 verses 12 to 13. Um, Isaiah 1, 18. Uh, sorry, Isaiah 1 verses 18 to 20. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if God refuse and rebel, uh, 
But if you refuse and, and, and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. This is his opening statements, Isaiah. You're going to be destroyed if you don't turn back. But as I said, with God, there is always a way back. And I love all the scriptures. And I'm going to read some of them, some of them to you today. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Here we in the New Testament section of Isaiah. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And we all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There's a way back. There's a way back. No matter how far someone goes in sin. There's always a way back because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. And this was a wonderful picture of that. We all like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Oh, the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, our rebellion was placed on him. By his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. And so Isaiah paints the sad picture, and so do the other prophets. But there's always the one that will come, and his name is Jesus. The Logos, the Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. My grandfather was a bold man. Can I have a drink, please? Just watch me drink, please. <clears throat> That's how you do it gently in front of 50 people. My grandfather was a bold man. He was of Portuguese descent. That's on my mother's side. I'll give you some of my history now. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> was a bold man. He was a man that fasted and prayed. And I want you to get this. He was a praying man. I was a little boy, maybe eight or nine, and we went to his hometown, and they lived in Rusten, a place called Rustenburg, and uh, stayed in my brother's house with my parents, and I ran off to see we called him Opa. We went to see Opa. And I ran into the, the yard and into the yard, house. And I said, where's Opa? They said, no, Opa's praying. And all I could hear was him praying in the front dining room. And so I was so intrigued. And I, I went to the window and, and I crept up and I opened the window. And there was my grandfather on his knees, with sackcloth all over him, and ash on his head, and tears running down his cheeks. When you see a grandpa like that, your life has changed. He was crying in sackcloth and ashes for his family, for the lost in Rustenburg, 
He was a brave man, a bold man. He went and fought for King George in Southwest Africa and got the the George Cross because he saved a, a lieutenant out of the jaws of death but collected a bullet himself in the stomach. But he got a George Cross for his bravery. But that day when I saw him on his knees, I suddenly realized this man has got more than natural guts. He's got spiritual heart. A man that could cry and weep with sackcloth and ash all over him. In the Old Testament, you read about it. When, they, when God called them to pray, to, to fasting and prayer in sackcloth and ashes. And this is what the prophets were saying. Why do the people not listen? Let's call them to repent and call on God and put on sackcloth. She said they would just leave a loincloth. And if you've had anything to do with sack, when it's on you and your skin, you will be pricked from morning to night. And while they were there being pricked with ash on their heads and tears down their faces, men of the Old Testament that were righteous called on God to change the nation. I tell you, I can't go to warfare for Jesus any other way than to pray. Did you hear what I said? I, I, I looked for some sackcloth yesterday, and this is the best I could find. <clears throat> they don't like sackcloth anymore. They make this fancy stuff, you know. So, this would be sackcloth if I was in the Old Testament. And I couldn't find ash, so I got some salt. You know. And then you would cry and you would kneel before God for hours on end, pleading for the nation. Pleading for your family. That's what you would do if you loved your nation enough. If you love the UK, I'm going to ask you to start praying as never before. You won't get a George cross, but Jesus promises you, take up your cross and follow me. We'll carry the cross of Christ, won't we? It's very quiet in here, but I want to say this to you. Unless the church of Jesus Christ starts praying as never before, we're not going to see what God wants to do. He's we can have revival if we commit to it. But you know what the problem is? 
heart. God must do something in our hearts. If it's, if it's prayer and fasting, then let's do it. If it's calling on God, let's do it. Let's try and set the fire aflame throughout the United Kingdom. That every congregation will get together and say, yes, God, we've missed it as a people. We want to come back. There's a way back. Did you hear what I said? There's a way back. Your family may not be saved, but I tell you there's a way back. Prayer will change. Prayer makes a way back. Fasting and prayer. I'll even make you a frock. <laughs> if it would help. But you know, there are still people that pray this way. Call on God and say, yes, Lord, let's change the world. Let's do something. Are we desperate enough? God's looking for brave men. He's not just looking for brave opas like me. He's looking for young men, young women that will say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The army's strength isn't in the general. The army's strength is in the people that come with the general. Listen to me. There's no people on fire. There's no church. UK needs to catch the fire. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have the peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid anymore of what may come against you. And I say this to the street evangelists. Bold people here. Bold people here. He has overcome the world. And when we start praying, we will see the revival river flow through this nation. We don't get a George Cross, but we are called to take up our cross. Wear it boldly. Wear the cross boldly. I, I, I watched a debate. The Oxford Union. Do you know what the Oxford Union is? Raise your hand if you do. Okay, some of you do. They debate. And they call people into debate. And I was so impressed. There was a, 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 a Church of England do you call him a priest? A vicar. Calvin Robinson. He's got bushy hair. What a guy. And there he stood up and he says, he, he spoke about why ministers should not marry men ministers and be in the ministry. And he stood boldly and said, we cannot have this that's against scripture. 
We cannot go this route boldly. This young man, I guess he's still a young man in his 40s perhaps, boldly speaking in front of all of them. And my heart just said, what right have we got to debate the word of God? Here he's standing up for something that is right and good. But what right has the world to debate our God's word? They don't have the right. And then the other man gets up. In his garb. Married to another man. In the ministry. With his garb on. Arguing for the right for priests to be married to another man. Who gave him the right to take God's word and pull it through the mud? What's wrong with the Church of England? It should be sackcloth and heaps of ash throughout the nation saying, God, take us to another level. Take us out of this. But instead, instead, instead they stuck the desires of men What did you go out to see concerning John the Baptist? A reed shaken in the wind? Did you go out to see a man dressed in fine clothes and a feminine man? That's what it means. I just felt for this man, Robinson. I said, yes, young man, speak it. Not a reed shaken by the wind. Not an effeminate, but a man of God. That will preach the word. So. I'm asking God to raise up a new generation. A new generation of British believers. Whether they come from Africa or. Wherever, if you're here, take on, take on this challenge of saying, God, we need something different to happen in the UK. You're out of the EU. (laughs) Don't blame them anymore. We're in a free space. In the parliament, there was the other day a vote of 154 that said we don't want to go the wrong route. And there was 250 odd that said, we don't care. We will just satisfy the needs of what people want and they can do what they want. uh, Sad. There's still 150 people, men and women in that parliament that say we want to stand for righteousness may not be at Pentecostal level. 
But that doesn't matter. There are still some men and women there. Let's pray that God will bring in the, the Christian party and, and make a, a noise in the, in the parliament again that righteousness and justice and mercy will, will stand forth as never before. Amen. Okay, just give me 10 minutes. Am I right? Right, Jeremiah 1 verse 10. See, I have set this day, this day set over you the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah 31 verse 33. You see, the kingdom is going to be pulled down. But listen to this. Verse 33, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. And the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. If it's bad in the beginning, it doesn't have to stay that way. There's a new covenant coming. There's a blessing coming. Lamentations. Oh, the prophet Jeremiah laments. How, how lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow is she who was great among the nations. The princes among the provinces has become a slave. When I drive through the city and I see the empty churches, I say, oh, how bereft of people. No one in them. That's what Jeremiah was saying. The city is like an empty vessel. Nothing in it. But there's a way out. If we bring people back to Christ. Come on. How lonely sits the city that, is, that was full of people like a widow God's church sadly like a widow Ezekiel 5.11 therefore as I live says the Lord God surely because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things and with all your abominations therefore I will also diminish your, you my eye will not spare nor will I have any pity Church needs to hear that. COE needs to hear that. Can't play with God's word and drag it through the mud and then expect he's going to bless. But then listen to him. He says, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Yes. So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. If there's dry bones, let's prophesy to them. How can we prophesy to them? We can preach to them. We can pray for them. We don't go down without a fight. Come on. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. As you speak Jesus on the streets, evangelists, as we speak Jesus on the streets, it's like the prophetic word going forth. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And it's that that can change a nation. That can turn a city around. And some of you don't believe that a city can turn around. I say a city can turn around. A people can turn around. A nation can turn around. 
It depends on the fire of God in the hearts of people. Daniel says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He and, four, and, and another three, three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stuck it, they said, we're not going to eat what the king w wants to give us to eat. We will eat only what God gives us to eat. We're not going to drink their wine and sit around their tables. We're going to give ourselves to what God wants. But listen to this. As for these, these young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Daniel 3.25, look, he answered, I see four men. Remember, they were thrown into the furnace of fire. I see four men walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there was the Logos himself walking with them. The four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego can turn around the destiny of Israel. Let me tell you, we've got more than four young men here. We've got, we've got young women here. We've got women here that will catch the fire for God. Come on. Come on. Hosea, when the, Hosea 1 verse 2, when the Lord began to speak to Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go, take yourself a wife of the, hist, uh, of the harlotry and, and children of harlotry, for the land has committed greater harlotry by departing from the Lord. Hosea 4 verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, who also will forget your children. Isaiah 6.3, let us know and let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like rain, like the latter and the former rain. If you seek God, you're going to be watered. Amen. Joel 1 verse 4, what the chewing locust has left, speaking about the, 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 the Judea and, and Israel, the, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. Everything destroyed because people don't want to follow God. But chapter 2, the day of the Lord. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming for it is at hand. But Joel 22, 28, 29, and it shall come to pass. Afterward, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men and servants on that, and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my, mains, my men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days. Our day. It's our day. 
pour out your spirit, Lord. If we're hungry and thirsty enough, we, go, we will have the best that God has got. Amos, the message of captivity of Judah. Listen to this. Amos 9:11. On that day I will rise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of, of old. Simeon in Acts 15, 14, 18 talks about the, day, the tabernacle of David restored when the Holy Ghost fell. Let's enjoy the Holy Ghost. Let's enjoy worship. Let's enjoy praise. Let's enjoy the presence of God. The tabernacle of David, where David just sat in the presence of God and enjoyed the presence of God. It's for us. It's for you. Obadiah 1.8. Will I not in that day, says the Lord, even destroy the wise men from Edom and understanding from the mountains of Esau? Obadiah 1.17. Israel's final triumph. But on the mount... But on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Jonah, arise to go to, know, go to Nineveh, that great city. Cry out against it, for the wickedness has come against me. Jonah 4.11. And um, uh, Jonah was so upset because God saved the whole, the whole city of Nineveh. But look at this. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? 680,000 people in the city. Do you think God's heart goes out to them? Will you say that? Yes. yes. It needs prophetic people. It needs strong people. Praying people. Fasting people. Micah. Two, one and two. Woe to those who devise iniquity and work out evil on their beds. Morning and light, they practice it because it is in their power in their hand. So they oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. Much oppression in the days of Israel. Micah 4, 1 and 2. The Lord's reign in Zion. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. That's us. Can we live up to it? And shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion the Lord shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Wow, I can go on and on. There's the failure, but there's also the hope. There's the failure, and there's also the hope. And I'm just going to close with this last one. Some of you are yawning. Malachi. From the rising of the sun even to the going down, the name, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations. Malachi 4, 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Has God spoken? Clearly. To all 39 prophets he spoke. He spoke very clearly. And he says that's an example. But thank God for Jesus. The one promised to bring deliverance to the world. And I believe still that promise is vital, great, and good for us this morning.
But there's one thing that you need to do. You need to get a thirst for God as never before. I want you to look at me eyeball to eyeball this morning. Are you going to be hungry for God? You're not sure. It will cost, but it will have great reward. You see, before a revival comes, there's a remnant that gets hold of something. And say in your heart this morning, you don't have to verbalize it, just say it deep in your heart. God, I want to be that remnant. I want to be counted with those that are going to bring revival to the United Kingdom. In Jesus' name. I sense God's going to partner us with many churches throughout the nation. We're going to form a network of fasters and prayers. Those that call on God. We're going to see the word of God flow like a mighty river. If you make contact with pastors wherever you are, Tell them to give us a ring. Let us form a fellowship of prayer. Let us form a fellowship of calling men and women to God's heart as never before. It's time. It's time. And uh, if you want a frock, I'll give it to you. I trust God's spoken into your heart today. If you can't make the prayer meeting on Monday to Thursday between half past one and half past twelve, half past one, pray at home. Go, go into your car, in the car park and pray. God, give us revival. When you go to bed at night, God, give us revival. Cause a stir in our hearts. I don't just want to see a happy, clappy thing. Did you hear what I said? I don't just want to see a happy, clappy, and then nothing comes out of it. We want to see something that is so real that when men and women see us, they say, these people have got something in God. Away with this. This weakness, away with stuff that is irrelevant. God, do it. Would you stand with me, please? Just bow your heads in a moment of prayer. If you've come in here for the first time this morning, you've been here before, I just want to say this to you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I give you the opportunity right now. Can I have every eye closed and every head bowed, please? If you've never received Jesus into your heart and life, I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. And ask God to break into your heart and life. Change your life forever. If that's you, 
If you could just indicate to me very quickly, just by raising your hand and putting it down again, you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior this morning. Is there someone here this morning? Yes, sir. I see your hand. Is there someone else? Is there someone else? Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this hand raised today. It's not just a hand raised. It's a heart that says I'm turning to God. And so, young man, I pray for you in the name of Jesus that your life is going to turn around. You will never be the same again from this day on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I want you to pray with me now. All of you. You pray a prayer in the spirit. In English. Should you be so led of God making a commitment today? Commitment be a witness, a fiery witness. A Christian that bends the knee, that bows to the greatness of Father God. Will you pray with me? Father Father. Oh Father, oh Father, grant to us revival in the midst of these years, Lord. Grant to us the turning of hearts and lives in our families, in our homes, in the university. Oh, give us Shadrachs, Meshachs, Abednegoes, and Daniels, young men and women, that will take hold of your power and your glory and share it with those in wherever they are. Bradford University, we call you to salvation. Leeds University, we call you to salvation. We will take up the cross, Lord. We will take up the cross. We will follow you. We declare in our hearts today, Lord, we are hungry. We are thirsting. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, make us a united heart, a united people with a love for you as never before. I pray this in Jesus' name. The people said amen. 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 Don't forget we're going to do the registration now right here. Uh, or 12 o'clock. You can have a quick cup. You've got 10 minutes to drink your tea. And then come and register for the Bible school right here. You will not regret doing this Bible school course. I guarantee you that. It's free of charge. You can come along on a Monday night, 7 to half past 9. You will never regret it. It will change your life forever. Amen. God bless you. <clears throat>
the Lord say, he can ask you to do it. Give the Lord say, he can ask you to do it. He's not wanting to hide or warning any distance. If there ever was distance, it's because we ran and hide. So I hear tonight, there's a fresh start. It's only the beginning. Here tonight, there's a fresh start. Just lift your hands and receive. Fresh start, and it's right here, right now. Oh my, 